Happy Monday and Columbus Day in the United States. Um, <clears throat> we are on 4 Ezra, Chapter 8. And I hope you all had a really good weekend. It has gotten chilly here, so I apologize if you hear all the background noise of the wind. I live in a little cabin and the wind tends to whistle in the eave above my head when it gets really windy out and it is really windy out um but something that happened over the weekend is i got my chickens the chickens from my son who's moving away he gave me 11 chickens assorted breeds and a two-part chicken coop so him and my daughter came out Saturday, <clears throat> well, I went to his house and with her, and then we loaded everything up. We chased chickens around his yard and underneath bramble bushes and throughout the trees. And he's got a couple of little girls that wanted to help. And instead of us, like, rounding them up, the girls just chased them fiercely. So they were a little traumatized, and we had to put a stop to that. They thought they were helping. But, uh, so yeah, yesterday I got one egg. That was nice. Today I got seven. I don't know what I'm going to do with all these eggs. I have family that, I, of course, I will give them to, and neighbors who might want to buy them, because chicken feed is not cheap, and it's not free. But, um, yeah, I'm going to be eating a lot of eggs. I did have some that were a little older. They weren't bad, but uh, I fried those up today for myself and the dog. So he got a bunch of eggs. And it's fun. So I have a little hobby farm going, I guess. I th I'm thinking I might get rabbits. But let's do the dog and the chickens for a while and see how this goes. I don't want to start anything with winter coming on. Um, but yeah, the temperatures are around 70, and that's good. And the nights are like in the 40s, and that's nice. So I did some rearranging. Every season, I have to rearrange my small cabin so that I can open up the area where the wood stove is because it becomes kind of a catch-all area in the summer. It's not being used. So I got my rearranging done, and yeah, I feel I did some cleaning, and it looks pretty clean in here now. So, got the dog down for a nap in his kennel. Chickens probably all pecking on each other out there, trying to figure out if they're keeping the same pecking order. And we're going to get into 4 Ezra, chapter 8. Um, Ezra is still learning a lot from... The Lord um, and we aren't sure at some times if it's the Lord speaking through an angel you know like the word of the Lord in the Old Testament would be speaking through an angel or a man or a representation of the Most High of Yahweh Jehovah uh, the word of the Lord we know the word in the book of John, the word was made flesh. 
So the angel in the Old Testament may just be the Son of God, not yet brought to earth in the flesh. You know, it's all these things that are possibilities. There's a book that I'm reading, um, incidentally, coincidentally, by Michael Heiser called The Unseen Realm. It's a pretty, pretty popular book. And he talks in there about the word of the Lord came to, like, Jeremiah and all these people. Um, and then, like in Isaiah, the word came to Isaiah and then it touched him on the mouth with the coal. Am I thinking of the right one? Um, you know, there, there's other areas where it's like, and then the word did something in the physical. And that's why he's saying the word made flesh. This could be the divine expression, which is Jesus, Yeshua, um, from the Old Testament manifesting. So, I mean, there's there's just so many ways to... We can't, we don't know what God is like and what he's doing, but there is times in the Old Testament where there was a physical manifestation of this word of the Lord. Um, and the, like the angel that wrestled with Jacob, you know, he asked the angel to bless him. Well, I don't know if that's an angel's role, actually. And so he's making a case or an argument that this could be not Jesus, of course, in the flesh, but the representation of Yahweh and so on and so forth. You get you get where I'm going with it. So, all right. So he's, Ezra's still having this conversation. Um, and he's still questioning what's happening at the end of all time. I suppose he's thinking it's like just a few years away, like we are, a lot of us are now. The end of all time, it's just a few years away. It could be in the year 2500, nobody knows. It could be this decade, which seems very plausible, very possible. Um, and so, so he's doing all this questioning and God is answering him. So let's let's go on. He answered me and said, The Most High made this world for the sake of many, but the world to come for the sake of few. But I tell you a parable, Ezra, just as when you ask the earth, it will tell you that it provides very much clay from which earthenware is made, but only a little dust from which gold comes. So is the course of the present world. Many have been created, but few shall be saved. I answered and said, Then drink your fill of understanding, O my soul, and drink wisdom, O my heart. For not of your own will, will did you come into the world, and against your will you depart. For you have been given only a short time to live. O Lord, who are over us, who are over us, that almost sounds plural, Grant to thy servant that we may pray before thee and give us seed for our heart and cultivation of our understanding so that fruit may be produced by which every mortal who bears the likeness of a human being may be able to live. For thou alone dost exist and we are a work of thy hands and thou hast declared. Okay, now he's, he's talking to somebody 
who appears to be an angel but is talking to him and he's addressing them as you know O Lord who are over us grant to thy servant so he's making requests to God of this messenger we'll say messenger that's standing in front of him could this be the word before it was made flesh it could and he continues, And because thou dost give life to the body, which is now fashioned in the womb, and dost furnish it with members, okay, who was there at the creation? Jesus was there. What thou hast created is preserved in fire and water, and for nine months the womb, which thou hast formed, endures thy creation, which has been created in it. But that which keeps and that which is kept shall both be kept by thy keeping. So he's, he's saying these things to an angel? That just doesn't make sense to me. All right, let's keep going. And when the womb gives up again what has of the breasts, so that what has been fashioned may be nourished for a time, and afterwards thou wilt guide him in thy mercy. Thou hast brought him up in thy righteousness, and instructed him in thy law, and reproved him in thy wisdom. Thou wilt take away his life, for he is thy creation, and thou wilt make him live. For he is thy work. If thou wilt suddenly and quickly destroy him, who with so great labor was fashioned by thy command, to what purpose was he made? And now I will speak out about all mankind thou knowest best, for I will speak about thy people for whom I am grieved, and about thy inheritance for whom I lament, and about Israel for whom I am sad, and about the seed of Jacob for whom I am troubled. Therefore I will pray before thee for myself and for them, for I see the failings of us who dwell in the land, and I have heard of the swiftness of the judgment that is to come. Therefore hear my voice and understand my words, and I will speak before thee. The beginning of the words of Ezra's prayer before he was taken up, he said, O Lord, who inhabits eternity, whose eyes are exalted and whose upper chambers are in the air, whose throne is beyond measure and whose glory is beyond comprehension, before whom the hosts of angels stand, trembling at whose command they are changed to wind and fire, whose word is sure and whose utterances are certain, whose ordinance is strong and whose command is terrible, whose look drives up, dries up the depths and whose indignation makes the mountains melt away and whose truth is established forever Hear, O Lord, the prayer of thy servant, and give ear to the petition of thy creature. Attend to my words. For as long as I live, I will speak, and as long as I have understanding, I will answer. O look not upon the sins of thy people, but at those who have served thee in truth. Regard not the endeavors of those who act wickedly, but the endeavors of those who have kept thy covenants amid afflictions. Think not on those who have lived wickedly in thy sight, but remember those who have willingly acknowledged that thou art to be feared. Let it not be thy will to destroy those who have had the ways of cattle, but regard those who have gloriously taught thy law. Be not angry with those who are deemed worse than beasts, but love those who have always put their trust in thy glory. For we and our fathers have passed our lives in ways that bring death, but thou, because of us sinners, are called merciful. For if thou hast desired to have pity on us who have no works of righteousness, then thou wilt be called merciful. For the righteous who have many works laid up with thee 
shall receive their reward in consequence of their own deeds. But what man, that thou art angry with him? Or what is a corruptible race? But what is man, that thou art angry with him? Or what is a corruptible race, that thou art so bitter, bitter against it? For in truth there is no one among those who have been born who has not acted wickedly, and among those who have existed there is no one who has not transgressed. For in this, O Lord, thy righteousness and goodness will be declared, when thou art merciful to those who have no store of good works. He answered me and said, Okay, and, and the reason I keep coming back to that, he must be standing in front of him, having a conversation, because he's, is he speaking to the air, and then this voice comes out of the clouds and the sound of many waters. and I mean, it's an ongoing conversation, but it doesn't exactly say. He answered me and said, Some things you have spoken rightly, and it will come to pass according to your words. For indeed, I will not concern myself about the fashioning of those who have sinned, or about their death, their judgment, or their destruction. But I will rejoice over the creation of the righteous, over their pilgrimage also, and their salvation, and their receiving their reward. As I have spoken, therefore, so it shall be. For just as the farmer sows many seeds upon the ground, and plants a multitude of seedlings, and yet not all that have been sown will come up in due season, and not all that were planted will take root. So also those who have been sown in the world will not all be saved. I answered and said, If I have found favor before thee, let me speak. For if the farmer's seed does not come up, because it has not received thy rain in due season, or if it has been ruined by too much rain, it perishes. But man who has been formed by thy hands is and is called thy own image, because he is made like thee, and for whose sake thou hast formed all things. Hast thou also made him like the farmer's seed? Know, O Lord, who art over us, but spare thy people, and have mercy on thy inheritance, for thou hast mercy on thy own creation. He answered me and said, Things that are present are for those who live now, and things that are future are for those who will live hereafter. For you come far short of being able to love my creation more than I love it. But you have often compared yourself to the unrighteous. Never do so. But even in this respect you will be praiseworthy before the Most High, because you have humbled yourself, as is becoming for you, and have not deemed yourself to be among the righteous, in order to receive the greater glory. So he's humble. He's not saying, I'm... I'm just like the righteous, you know, <clears throat> but he's telling Ezra, don't call yourself unrighteous, but don't brag about your righteousness either. You know, let, let the Lord have the word on it. And the Lord con continues, for many miseries will affect those who inhabit the world in the last times, because they have walked in great pride. But think of your own case and inquire concerning the glory of those who are like yourself. Because it is for you that paradise is opened, the tree of life is planted, the age to come is prepared, plenty is provided, a city is built, rest is appointed, goodness is established, and wisdom perfected beforehand. The root of evil is sealed up from you, illness is banished from you, and death is hidden. Hell has fled and corruption has been forgotten. 
Sorrows have passed away, and in the end, the treasure of immorality, immortality, the treasure of immortality is made manifest. Therefore, do not ask any more questions about the multitude of those who perish. For they have, they also, for they also received freedom, but they despised the Most High, and were contemptuous of his law, and forsook his ways. Moreover, they have even trampled upon his righteous ones, and said in their hearts that there is not God, though knowing full well that they must die. <clears throat> Every person on earth, this is not in Ezra, this is me saying this now. Every person on earth sees that life is given and then there's death. You know, so every person on earth has to contemplate what's going to happen after I die. And how some are not afraid that they might end up in hell boggles my mind. It just, I, I, I don't understand it. I can't wrap my head around it. That there's people who despise God knowing that there's a, even a slight chance that they'll end up in hell. What, how, how utterly foolish can you be? Okay, let's continue. For just as the things which I have predicted await you, so the thirst and torment which are prepared await them. For the Most High did not intend that men should be destroyed, but they themselves who were created have defiled the name of him who made them and have been ungrateful to him who prepared life for them. Uh, let's see now. This is the Lord speaking. So why did he call himself, like talk about the Most High as another person? I'm still on this. I can't, I can't get away from it. Okay, therefore my judgment is now drawing near. I have not shown this to all men, but only to you and a few like you. Can, can you see what I'm seeing here? Okay. They despise the Most High. He didn't say they despise me. Um, and for the Most High did not intend that men should be destroyed. So he's talking about the Most High. And then he says, therefore, my judgment is now drawing near. Who, who is the judge? Jesus Christ is the judge. He will judge Right? Right? I mean, he, he is... It says in the New Testament, don't you know that you will judge angels? According, according to the saints. The saints will <clears throat> rule and reign with Jesus Christ. Judging what they see in front of them. Okay, just things I'm throwing out there for us to think about. Then I answered and said, Behold, O Lord... Thou hast now shown me a multitude of the signs which thou wilt do in the last times, but thou hast not shown me when thou wilt do them. Okay, so if he's talking to the Word made flesh who performs signs and wonders, that would make sense. Because Jesus came to usher in the last times. He said to his disciples, You know, why do you marvel the way you saw me 
go up is the way I will return. Or no, 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 that was the messengers that said that. The way you saw Jesus go up is the way you'll see him return. So, okay. All right. Chapter 9. He answered me and said, Measure carefully in your mind, and when you see that a certain part of the predicted signs are past, then you will know that it is the very time when the Most High is about to visit the world which he has made. So when there shall appear in the world earthquakes, tumult of peoples, intrigues of nations, wavering of leaders, confusion of princes, then you will know that it was of these that the Most High spoke from the days that were of old from the beginning. Does I mean, that sounds like today, but there, you know, people argue, oh, it's also sounded like 200 years ago. Okay, for just as with everything that has occurred in the world, the beginning is evident and the end manifest. So also are the times of the Most High. The beginnings are manifest in wonders and mighty works. And the end in requital, 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 and in signs. Okay, I had to look it up. Requital is retaliation, something given in comp compensation. So in the end is retaliation and in signs. All right. And it shall be that everyone who will be saved and will be able to escape on account of his works or on account of the faith by which he has believed will survive the dangers that have been predicted and will see my salvation in my land and within my borders, which I have sanctified for myself from the beginning. Then those who have now abused my ways shall be amazed, and those who have rejected them with contempt shall dwell in torments. Okay? Jesus said, I am the way. And he's talking about his ways. But also in the Old Testament, though, uh, the Lord God, who is... Uh, Jehovah, Yahweh, speaks of his ways also. For as many as did not acknowledge me in their lifetime, although they received my benefits, and as many as scorned my law while they still had freedom, and did not understand, but despised it while an opportunity of repentance was still open to them, there must in torment acknowledge it. These must in torment Acknowledge it after their death. Therefore, do not continue to be curious as to how the ungodly will be punished, but inquire how the righteous will be saved, those to whom the age belongs and for whose sake the age was made. I answered and said, I said before, and I say now, and will say it again, there are more who perish than those who will be saved, as a wave is greater than a drop of water. Okay, Ezra, God is telling you to stop wondering about those that are perishing. He's just not getting it. But, of course, the Lord is long-suffering. He answered me and said, As is the field, so is the seed, and as are the flowers, so are the colors, and as is the work, so is the product. And as is the farmer, so is the threshing floor. For there was a time in this age when I was preparing for those who now exist, before the world was made for them to dwell in, 
and no one opposed me then, for no one existed. But now those who have been created in this world, which is supplied both with an unfailing table and an inexhaustible pasture, have become corrupt in their ways. So I considered my world, and behold, it was lost, and my earth, and behold, it was in peril because of the devices of those who had come into it. And I saw and spared some with great difficulty, and saved for myself one grape out of a cluster, and one plant out of a great forest. Mmm, then you're called. So let the multitude perish, which has been born in vain. But let my grape and my plant be saved, because with much labor I have perfected them. But if you will let seven days more pass, do not fast during them, however. But go into a field of flowers where no house has been filled, built, and eat only of the flowers of the field, and taste no meat, and drink no wine, but eat only flowers. So pray to the Most High continually, then I will come and talk with you. Interesting that he would want him to only eat flowers. So I went, as he directed me, into the field which is called Ardat, and there I sat among the flowers and ate of the plants of the field, and the nourishment they afforded satisfied me. And after seven days, as I lay on the grass, my heart was troubled again as it was before. And my mouth was open, and I began to speak before the Most High and said, O Lord, thou didst show thyself among us to our fathers in the wilderness when they came out of Egypt, and when they came into the untrodden and unfruitful wilderness. And thou didst say, Hear me, O Israel, and give heed to my words, O descendants of Jacob. For behold, I sow my law in you, and it shall bring forth fruit in you, and you shall be glorified through it forever. But through our fathers received, though our fathers received the law, they did not keep it and did not observe the statutes. Yet the fruit of the law did not perish, for it could not, because it was thine. Yet those who received it perished, because they did not keep what had been sown in them. And behold, it is the rule that when the ground has received seed, or the sea a ship, or any dish, food or drink, and when it happens that what was sown or what was lost or what was put in is destroyed, they are destroyed. But the things that held them remain, yet with us it has not been so. For we who have received the law and sinned will perish, as well as our heart which received it. The law, however, does not perish, but remains in its glory. He's still going on and on about those perishing. <clears throat> that's a lot of love in a guy, and I think that's why the Lord is being so patient with them. When I said these things in my heart, I lifted up my eyes and saw a woman on my right, and behold, she was mourning and weeping with a loud voice, and was deeply grieved at heart, and her clothes were rent, and there were ashes on her head. Then I dismissed the thus with which I had been engaged, and turned to her and said to her, Why are you weeping, and why are you grieved at heart? And she said to me, Let me alone, my Lord, that I may weep for myself and continue to mourn, for I am greatly embittered in spirit and deeply afflicted. And I said to her, What has happened to you? Tell me. And she said to me, Your servant was barren and had no child, though I lived with my husband thirty years. And every hour and every day during those thirty years I besought the Most High, night and day. And after thirty years, God heard your handmaid and looked upon my low estate and considered my distress and gave me a son. And I rejoiced greatly over him, and I and my husband and all my neighbors. And we gave great glory to the Mighty One, and I brought him up with much care. 
So when he grew up, I came to take a wife for him. I set a day for the marriage feast. That's the end of chapter 9. It kind of leaves us hanging, hanging in the air. But it's a good place to stop because we can pick it up pretty easily um, by just backing up a couple of verses and remembering um, that this barren woman finally had a son. What it has to do with anything, I don't know. But I do know that uh, it goes into chapter 10. It appears around chapter 40 is where it's explained to him the vision of this woman. So there isn't a, you know, an actual woman standing there. There is a vision of a woman. And, and that is now playing out in front of him. So we'll stop there. We did chapters 8 and 9. Uh, Ezra has, for Ezra, has 16. So, and we probably have 12, 15, the rest of this week on this. Um, and what I would like to do, seeing how the name of this channel is Kingdom Testimonies, is I love old literature, obviously. And I was, I saw that uh, old books have now been uncopyrighted or, or available for public use. Anything 1926 and older can be used however one wishes to use it um, in the public domain. So there's a book that I've had, and I, I had such a big, uh, I wouldn't say library, but a big collection of antique books. My grandmother gave me some. Um, they weren't Christian, but some I had were. Some I lost in a fire. Um, that was in my daughter's closet about 15 years ago. Um, no one was hurt. She wasn't hurt. It did not take the house. It did not burn the house down. It just burnt all my Christian books on the top shelf. That's another story. Um, she had a, a friend that was kind of like a Marilyn Manson kind of a dude. But anyway, and so that was a warning to me to not allow him in the house anymore. And she finally saw that it was bad. It was very bad to be hanging around him. Anyway, I'm not going to go into that whole story, but I lost most of my collection. I have this one. It's called James Hudson Taylor, Pioneer Missionary of Inland China. He was supposedly the very first one. Of course, we know China is now, has so many, such a huge Christian population. This guy, I believe, is one of the people that was credited for uh, evangelizing China. It's a very interesting story. It's, it's not a, really a big book. Um, so since the, I think it's 20 chapters, since the title of this podcast is Kingdom Testimonies, 
I would like to sprinkle throughout our apocalyptic readings and other things that could possibly be considered scripture, testimonies of people who are not, of course, in the Bible, but who have done great things for the kingdom. So, this book will be coming up. James Hudson Taylor. You may or may not have heard of him, but I found this book years ago and I loved it. So, we're going to read that one. That's coming up. I'm not quite decided if it's going to be directly after for Ezra because we still have other books we can read. Um, but I have to research and find what other one, other apocalyptic books, um, writings are out there, like from the Nag Hammadi or the Pseudopigrapha, stuff like that. Some of that stuff's a little questionable, and I, and I have to really look at it. I don't want to just be reading anything just because it was written and could be questionable. So... This is my pick for the next thing we read, unless something changes. Also, another announcement is tomorrow and the next day, Tuesday and Wednesday of this week, I'm taking care of my grandkids for my son who's on a uh, belated honeymoon. And so that the timing of the podcast, what time it's going to be done could vary like tomorrow might be normal time Wednesday um, we'll see what time that comes out I'm just warning you that life is kind of really chaotic right now so I'm getting these out as best I can but I know if you love the Lord you're understanding so that's it for today uh, we're done with uh, for Ezra 8 and 9 and tomorrow we'll start with for Ezra 10 so I pray you have a blessed day.